0: million dollars
1: hot dog i'm joel volk and welcome to small bizcast where twice a month i explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths weaknesses ideas and challenges with blemishes and all greg garfield of chip in and card connect is covid19 patient zero at st joseph's hospital in burbank With a 1% chance of surviving, Greg's inspiring story of victim to victory is a compelling life lesson for everyone. And because Greg is a veteran of small business, his is a story of particular importance. As you listen to this interview, as a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you will learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Greg. Hopefully, you'll laugh with us too. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life. So Greg Garfield with Card Connect and Chip-In, he does card service. He does, if you're a business and you take credit cards, you are probably using Greg or someone like Greg that processes your credit cards. And uh, I've known Greg for 25 years, maybe. And Greg, you're one of those guys that makes small business look effortless. I've never seen you seem stressed over business. I've never seen you have anything but positive energy. I've never seen you do anything but seduce people into your world because you're so good at what you do and your love of it comes out. Um, you're the guy that skis, what, 100, year, 100 days a year, right? Yeah, and uh, awesome. place place in Mammoth and a big, you know, furry dog that you love and just, you know, rides a Harley and just has a great life and, and shows that, you know, living life is in balance with a busy work life and you always made it look effortless. You're truly, and all the millions of business people I know, hundreds of thousands or, okay, the lot the dozens of business people I know, no <laughs> one makes it look as easy as you, truly, which is why... It blew me away I th- earlier in the year when I was watching the news and you were on the news. You were patient zero at St. Joseph's hospital, surviving a very narrow, you know, thank God you survived COVID and your story is amazing. And I can't think of a more appropriate person to have on small Bizcast. You know, we're, we have so much to be grateful for, for all of us. And, uh, I can't imagine you going through this holiday without that being on your mind a hundred percent of the time. So do me a favor, tell us your story, please.
0: Well, thanks, Joel. Thank you very much. And, and I, I hope to live up to those kind words. You know, I'm an avid skier, as, as you mentioned, and I go on a European ski trip every single year. Same group of guys. And we ended up uh, choosing Val Gardina, Italy this year. We had been there uh, two years prior. Had such a great time, stayed, stayed at a really great boutique hotel, friends with the owner, flew out there, flew into Munich, For our first night, driver picks us up in Munich, ended up going out to uh, Val Gardena. It was about four hours away and uh, started a great trip. There were 10 of us from California and three guys from Switzerland that met us there. And, uh, you know, we proceeded to go out there and tear it up and have a lot of fun as we usually do. Three days into it, I started getting flu-like symptoms ended up getting call- a call from my girlfriend, who is now my fiance, who said, are you aware of this thing called COVID? Now, keep in mind, I left on February 20th. So this was before anybody in the United States even had any inkling of what COVID was.
1: Right. I mean, that things pretty much shut down mid-March, like March 15th, March 18th, March 16th, something like that, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: This was around the 25th of February. AJ calls me and says, uh, are you aware of this thing called COVID? I'm like, no. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, again, it's, it was early on, and really nobody knew anything about this thing. And it's really serious, it's in Northern Italy, where are you? And I'm like, Northern Italy. And so she was definitely worried. We didn't have any concern whatsoever because you know, we're outside, we're skiing. We really weren't around a lot of people short of going in the gondola the very first time. There was about 50 people in the, in, in the gondola when we, we initiated the, the trip up um, on the first run of every day. And uh, I started getting flu-like symptoms on the third day of skiing. It got bad enough that I missed the next three days skiing. And for me as an avid skier to miss any days going on, you know, on a European ski trip, I was feeling pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. That's not you. You're, you're the guy who push yourself through it and just do the best you can.
0: Yeah. And, and and frankly, I mean, I have what you call a hyperimmune system. And what that is, is, you know, if I just I have no pre-existing conditions at all in life. Um, in fact, if I ever get sick, 24 to 48 hours later, I bounce right back. And it's, it's great. Well, I wasn't bouncing back to this one. So I laid up in my room, I had dinners with the guys, you know, in our hotel. We weren't going out. We we're just we were hunkering down and just actually staying pretty secluded for the most part.
1: Were any of the other guys feeling sick at this point?
0: Yeah, there are a, a few of us. Again, flu-like symptoms. Right, right. Around three days before the trip ended, the Swedes ended up going home. They would that was their plan. One of the guys was was even a little bit sicker than I was at that particular time. He actually went to the hospital and was sent home with the flu. So we in turn all of a sudden you said okay it's not coronavirus it's the flu no big deal so we ended up driving back to munich on our plan we're coming back on uh, march 1st uh, the night before some one of the other guys that were with us actually ended up checking into the hospital and beknownst to us american uh, guy one of your american guy from california 65 yeah. year old guy uh, was definitely a little health compromised. Um, wasn't as healthy as, as myself and and the other guys that were on the trip. He ended up missing the flight. So we got up that morning. I, ended up, I, I was informed, obviously, when our, our drivers came to pick us up, to take us to the airport, that he was missing the flight and he checked into the hospital with pneumonia. So by the time we got on the plane and there were, again, the airports were open. There wasn't anybody looking at anything right. COVID-related or anything like the, that. The panic hadn't set in yet. People hadn't
1: it wasn't top of mind. It was just something other people got far away at this point, right?
0: People knew actually nothing about this. I mean, absolutely. So we get on the plane and while we were on the plane, I actually got a text on the plane that said he's COVID positive. So we landed in LA, immediately went home, quarantined myself. I got on the phone with AJ, let her know about it. Obviously I did not see her. She ended up bringing me, you know, soup and immunity shots and all this other kind of stuff and left it at my front door and waved at the, you know, waved for the car. I had called my doctor at the time and he ended up calling the CDC. The CDC contacted me and ended up wanting me to go take a test. Now, at this point, I was just, I couldn't drive. I I was just feeling really ill. And they ended up sending a car with a a van with a guy in hazmat gear to come out and take me to their office out in Pacoima wow. and get tested. There were no tests back then. No, nobody, no test facilities for right. COVID. So they gave me the test, um, you know, the nose swab. They actually did this one up both nostrils. They, you know, skewered my brain and I tested positive 24 hours later. Where were you, were you while you were waiting for the results? Back home? Back home. So they ended up, you know, sitting, driving me back home that day. Yeah and you know that I, I was to quarantine myself i was to wait it out and so forth around march now this is march 4th and on march 4th i was just absolutely gurgling in my lungs i was talking to a good buddy of mine you know he was asking me like who picked you up i don't know where'd you go i don't remember what time did you get to go there i don't know and I'm that guy that knows all the details of every day of what I do and I'm really specific. And he's like, dude, you this isn't you. So you're starting to lose cognitive abilities at this point, not cognitive, but I just was in a, in a brain fog. Right. Right. You no, know, it's uh, take it when you have the flu times a hundred. Yeah. It just knocks the crap out of you. It just knocks the crap out of you. Yeah. It's yeah. Big, it's, it's just not mental clarity and it's just, you're in a fog. Yeah. And so he gets another mutual friend of ours on the phone That's a retired physician and uh, he's actually a physician slash surgeon. And he was talking to me and he's like, you need to go to the hospital. And he actually called four of the major hospitals around LA, Cedars, UCLA, USC, St. John's, none of them would take me.
1: Is that because they just weren't equipped for patients for COVID patients at that point? They didn't have the proper way to separate you from the rest of the, of their, of their pop, of their patients.
0: Correct. They actually said, well, if you go to the emergency room, you know, they're they're they have to take you. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't want to go to the emergency room and infect everybody. Right. So that was there wasn't a suggestion to actually he then contacted St. Joe's and they they welcomed me with open arms and said, Hey, we'll we'll get it all done. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eager to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. I don't like hospitals. Okay. <laughs> First and foremost. I said to my buddy i'm like you know give me a little while if it gets worse throughout the night i will call you and we'll step it up and he said you know call me anytime morning or night whatever it is so i have my dog she's a an an 80 pound uh half newfoundland half lab mix she's my kid and yeah uh, yeah you can't just leave her you got to make that arrangement yeah uh, yeah calling around i just call my dog trainer i called my my housekeeper and um, nobody would actually take care of her because of the fact of being exposed to COVID. Oh my god. Which I totally understand. Right. Again, we knew nothing about this. I mean right. surface things and you know, wiping down all the groceries. And again, it was all yeah, a lack of understanding of really what this was and how it operated and things like that. So it came to about four o'clock in the morning, and I just couldn't breathe. And I called up my buddy, and I'm like, all right. Pull the trigger, and um, <clears throat> my dog's crate trained, so I actually put her—I uh, uh, put her in her crate—and I looked at her, and I was crying when I said this to her. I'm like, "Girl, I'll get you out of here." And um, so you must have been scared comes. at this point, right? I was scared to death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this I'm, point you're scared. Like I said, I—I'm I, not the guy that goes to the hospital unless no. So ambulance comes, you know. Yeah you know, fire department in full hazmat gear, the whole nine yards. I mean, just to give a picture to people listening,
1: it's like Batman going to the hospital, you know, (laughs) this is, this is not a guy that's, you know, seems vulnerable on any level at any time, you know? And so for you to be at the point where you're capitulating and you're going to the hospital, you're, you're, you're scared and you're sick and you're, you really got to go. I'm sure. It was, uh,
0: I wasn't good, man. I, I wasn't good at all. Yeah. So I get to the hospital they checked me in. I, they put me in what they call an inflow room. Um, they had full hazmat gear and they came in to talk to me and things like that. While I was going there, I actually called AJ and I said to AJ, um, we have to get Bear out of there. Yeah. And so we called the CDC. We called the vet. We called the police department. We called the fire department. We called the hospital. We called everybody under the sun and nobody would take the liability to come into my house and get the dog out. So AJ turns and says, you know what? I'm not letting Bear die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get her. And so she, the hospital ended up bringing her in the hospital, outfitting her in full hazmat gear and spending a two, hour, two hours of hazmat training with her to try to, you know, to help her and how you get the, 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 the mask off and the, the, the clothes off and all that kind of stuff and not contaminate yourself and be fully protected. She comes to the house, lets herself in, goes in through my garage, Goes in the house, gets her out of her crate. Now, again, she looks like a minion. She, full hazmat gear, shield, <laughs> mad, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my girlfriend is, uh, my fiance now, actually. Uh, <laughs> my fiance is one of the more fit people I've ever met. In fact, she's much more fit than I am. Okay. She, she gets the dog out of the crate, she goes into the backyard, through back through the garage, goes into the backyard, and hoses her off with you know, antiviral shampoo and stuff like that. Ice cold hose, the whole nine, you know, it's in March at eight o'clock at at night, ends up rinsing her off and then went to go back out through the garage and ended up locking herself in the backyard. (laughs) Now I have 10 foot fences in my yard, okay? So she had to scale a 10 foot fence through a tree in hazmat gear and ended up going back through the garage (laughs) and then to let the dog out. So she's Wonder Woman, which is just, you know it's amazing so fitting yeah so
1: glad you could laugh about this now
0: it's, we we did and i mean unfortunately when i got out of the hospital my surveillance cameras <laughs> didn't, i didn't get it in time oh too bad i couldn't get it on on film so that's actually was was really kind of funny so that was on march 5th on march 7th i was so bad that they had to ventilate me and I was put on event, And in fact, I sent a text to AJ that said, I'm going to be offline for a couple of days. N- none of us knew what was up. Yeah. And I was really scared. And I turned to...
1: I can't imagine that moment when I know I'm going to be ventilated and I can no longer communicate how
0: frightening that must be. I just... Uh, um Yeah, I, I kind of can't communicate with it. It's just outside of it's an out of body experience. As far as that goes, it's, it's I, I can't conceive where I am today, where I was then. And it seems so long ago and it was only eight months ago. Right. So it's, uh, it was kind of crazy. And I turned to one of the nurse, the ICU nurses, and I said, I don't want to die. Oh my God. Yeah. And, I was, yeah. and she said, I won't let you die. Right. And right. Right. Within wow. about a week of that time. So I was on a ventilator for 31 days. So and into that time, she turned to AJ and my sister, Stephanie, and those two, it really became their story. And unfortunately, AJ is not here to, to tell that story. And I, I will take as many questions from you as I, as, as you want.
1: So as I understand, you were in a medically induced
0: coma at this point, right? Um, it's not really a coma. It was heavily sedated. Okay. Gotcha. coma is a mental, it's a you know, mental shutdown, but this was heavily, heavily sedated. Is this just to keep you from hurting yourself or? Apparently. Yeah. So I was on what they call paralytics. I see. So when I was intubated, I mean, I couldn't move. I had, I mean, I was on, I had everything under the sun thrown at me. Right. I had four collapsed lungs. I had MRSA. I had sepsis. I had a pulmonary embolism. Um, I had kidney failure where I was put on 24 hour dialysis and they gave me a 1% chance of survival. they, um, the, the, a week into my event, my being ventilated, uh, the nurse that actually said to me that she wouldn't let me die confessed to Stephanie and AJ. Stephanie's my sister. Right. Um, it, that I don't know if I'm going to have to, I don't know if I'll be able to keep my promise. Right.
1: Right. Um, Can you imagine the mental, I mean, I'm uh, just to, just to take the focus off of you for just a second. Can you imagine the mental strain on these healthcare professionals that are in this situation all the time right now? And I just can't imagine the, the heart and soul of those people, how, how they find their strength. It's just remarkable. I know it
0: more than you realize. Um, yeah. I spent 64 days in the hospital. 31 of those were on a ventilator. Right. And I wasn't able to walk. I had to learn how to walk again. I l- had to learn how to chew again, yeah. how to swallow. I was at fifty-four years old. It's a trip.
1: So, in those thirty-one days when you were in the on the paralytics on the paralytics, were you? Um, caught, were, did you have any kind of recollection, or were you just out? So, I was
0: asleep thirty-one days. Like I said, this this is the story of really Stephanie and AJ uh, of how they kept their their vibrations high. They danced. That you know, they, Stephanie lives up in Palo Alto or Los Altos Hills right outside palo alto. Yeah. Uh, came down and moved in with AJ at her house for about 3 weeks.
1: They couldn't see you. So that's all anything mm-hmm. you're doing is by computer Are they doing FaceTime? FaceTime.
0: Whatever.
1: And the and the nurse is giving you that they're 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 helping you with that, correct? I mean
0: so Well, I know. wasn't talking to them at all. So No, they no, were, right. It was they they talked to them at least 2 to 3 times a day. They actually gave updates. Three to four times a day to what I call my village, yeah, which were a few hundred people that turned into quite a few thousand people, which is pretty amazing. Which is a testament and, to you, of course. That well, and, thank you. Um, I mean, it just is. I mean, you build the
1: you know you you build the community that you you create, and so obviously
0: that's because of you and your your positivity. So well, because of you and everybody else that that was behind me, I didn't fail and I couldn't fail. Yeah and that was a mindset that I have, and it uh, it's, goes deep as far as in my heart, and it's, uh, I thank you and everybody for the love and support that you guys all gave to me that gave me the strength to survive, and given a 1% chance of survival, it's really kind of interesting. Um, they say 12% of people th- go into the ICU. Of that 12%, 1% is critical, and of that 1%, I'm the 1% that survived Wow! And there's a lot of people out there that said, I, you know, I really don't know anybody like you that, uh, you know, that's, that's been through that The reason why is unfortunately those people, 99 out of a hundred are not here to, 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 to say what they, you know, to speak. They're passed away. Yeah. And, um, I lost 50 pounds when I was up, when I was in, uh, for that 64 days. I went in at 197, I walked out at 147.
1: Yeah, and that's all muscle, I'm sure, that you lost.
0: A lot of that. And, uh, you know, I'm up to about
1: 180 now. I was going to say, you didn't have any body fat to speak of anyways. I was a little bit thick at that point.
0: It's like there's, we we had a little bit of... A little bit of girth on there for yeah, just, but not, not a whole lot.
1: Yeah.
0: But I walked out of there. If anybody wants to see and Google my name and uh, wants to see all the videos and the t- and the shows that I've done, it's, I was on Ellen extra, the today show people magazine, uh, people TV, the, they, there was an array of stuff, um, I'll have it on the show notes. Now, so I want to just point out that
1: next time you, you got to when you make that list on anybody else's interview, you got to add the Small Bizcast if you don't mind. So, Absolutely. Okay, come be, on. <laughs> next, between Ellen and people, if you don't mind. Uh, hey, hundred <laughs> percent. We'll get we'll get it in there, man. If you don't mind,
0: I mean, you know, this is about me after all. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. It just was. Um, it was just a really interesting experience, and and walking out of the hospital, I can't say enough about the team that took care of me there were 186 people that touched me in the hospital that worked on me
1: i know you're going back for you'll tell this as you tell your story but you've had multiple surgeries since coming out because of the lingering effects of the disease and how it's affected you is it the same team of people that you're going to or it's a completely different place
0: so the hospital that i was in is saint joe's and again right. I- I owe my life to them. And I'm very close to all of my doctors. Some of the nurses that um, I still stay in touch with them. And, uh, you know, we're, we text every once in a while and, and uh, you know, obviously talk. And um, they're family to me. They're part of my village. In fact, I actually, uh, I'm that guy that I, I find it very difficult to take. I had to learn a little bit of, a little humbling of myself to actually enjoy getting from them. Um, and the gift of life is the ultimate gift of all um, and I I tried to give back as much as possible um, my my village put together a fund and we fed every floor that I was on and everybody that touched me literally 80 people at a time five different times and fed you know meals to them and I actually had donated from a company called Cherokee uh, it's a girlfriend of mine uh, her brother owns Cherokee uh, that's The scrub company, yeah, donated over 222 scrubs. Yeah, uh, nice for every one of the people that even came close to me. Yeah, Uh, it says embroidered. It says Greg's Village on the sleeve, which is (laughs) Uh, so you know we gave back as much as as much as humanly possible to these guys, and I owe I owe the world to them. My what had happened prior to surviving.
1: We're gonna take a short break and be right back. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low-income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crises, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID-conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. You may remember Janice Miller of the Miller Haga Law Group from our episode, Saving Nigel in season one. Miller Haga supports businesses of all sizes from large to small. No matter what phase you're in from startup to wind down, the Miller Haga Law Group acts as your innovative general counsel. Their experienced team of lawyers will help keep the gears of your business turning. So if you wanna minimize your liability while maximizing your profits with competent and efficient counsel, contact MillerHaga.com for more information. That's MillerHaga, H-A-G-A.com. Document technology continues to be a challenge for businesses as they go back and forth from working remotely to working in-house. One of the challenges facing management is that documents need to be shared. They also need to be secured. There's privacy issues. There's access issues. Those are the types of things that keep people up at night. Mercury Document Imaging has been solving problems like these since 1982. We are in the unique position to leverage our years of experience with our tremendous resources to solve this and other similar problems. We do it economically. More importantly, we do it efficiently. So if you have issues that you'd like us to help with, please call 818-782 1221 or go to mercurydoc.com m-e-r-c-u-r-y-d-o-c.com we are back with greg garfield of chip-in and card connect and more importantly he's patient zero covid19 and his story is compelling
0: my hands were my hands and a couple of my toes were compromised my fingers and i was put on what they call pressers and what it was what it was forcing was my blood to my vital organs because my blood pressure would crash four different times and they almost lost me four different times right and the pressers actually compromised the blood flow to my fingers and to my toes is that a physical uh, thing the presser it's a it's a it's a drug it's a drug okay got it's it drug. it's called levofed and they were more interested in in having me survive than my extremities right so unfortunately um well fortunately i survived unfortunately i lost half of my fingers on my left hand and all of the fingers on my right hand which is in this is under the reconstructive phase still right Right. so the reconstructive process is happening on my hand uh, my right hand where i think i have another two minimum of two surgeries before i i can get fit for a prosthetic and then I'll send you the prosthetic video, or I think I might have already, the prosthetic video of what I have, which is full Terminator. I was going to say, if it's yours, it's going to be titanium. and It's going to have tools. Oh, it's, it um, to it's, noises, about the, it's about whine. the noises. It's absolutely amazing.
1: Is, it, is there like a – can you switch different type of things? You can put like your ball on one
0: and the – No, not at all, but I can. It, I have full dexterity. They're individual fingers.
1: Will you be able to spin a web like Spider-Man or –
0: We'll get there. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. there. Okay. We'll, get there. we'll figure that out. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you. <laughs> we're we're, we're going we're to take care of business. I mean, it's actually, I'm, I'm leaving. Well, I have t- I've got my pins coming out on my right hand on December 8th, which is a week from tomorrow. Right. There's one in my thumb and there's two in my knuckles on my hand. Uh, those all come out on the 8th. I'm leaving December 10th for Mammoth. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to go ski, um, And so I'm going to take the month of December and I'm going to spend it in Mammoth at my home and provided the mountain stays open with, you know, what's going on with COVID. Right. Sure. Um, it's uh, are you
1: bringing a film crew with you at least? I think there's going to be quite a few. people.
0: <laughs> I think that um, people magazine may film it. Ellen may film it. We just yeah. got contacted by inside edition today.
1: That's awesome.
0: There, there's, a, there's a whole lot of people knocking on our door to uh, to actually capture the moment. And I may have, the mountain may do something for me.
1: I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you, seriously. It's cool, man. Yeah, it's,
0: this is... Coming out and talking about this yeah. is really an honor to do this. And I actually think it's my obligation to do this because there's a lot of people out there right now that are not taking this seriously. Just, I have, uh, I have a, my, my detail guy that comes and does my, my cars every week. I hadn't seen him in eight months and I just had him over the house just two weeks ago. And, uh, I walked outside and, um, obviously all masked up and everything. And I, I said, how you doing? Da, 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 and, and he asked how I was doing. And, um, I told him what I went through and he looked at me and he says, this is real. <laughs> Yeah. This is real. And so, um, you know, I, I really am. This is so important. I'm sorry
1: to interrupt you, but this this is so important because there are people that are, that are not conscious of the ramifications of this. They, I know, of, I know of people that keep calling it, you know, basically saying it's like a bad flu and being very cavalier about it. I live in an area where people come to walk because it's near the water. And I would say a third of the people who don't live here that come in this area are not, Wearing a mask, and they don't seem to have any kind of self consciousness about it. You know, I mean, it's really amazing, and that people could live in the same world that you and I live in and not understand how, just how serious this is. And I don't mean to create panic, I'm, I don't think people should panic. And I think, you know, I'm a business centric person, I, I think of the impact on small businesses, and it kills me. I can imagine, you know, all of the merchants that are your clients are probably really in trouble you could probably tell because you probably get their numbers you could probably Uh,
0: exactly you know i'm affected by as a small business owner i'm affected by the pulse of business right and the business that my customers do reflects on the economy if they don't do well i don't do well right so you know the, the the understanding of restaurants closing down and everything else i have i have so much empathy for everybody. The the problem still remains. The responsible parties that don't do what it's ta- what it takes to get ahead of this is the real reason why this pandemic is actually spiking the way it is. Yeah. Um you know, this it's fantastic that uh you know, we have so much information today versus when I first got it um of treatments. Now, as great as that is, that doesn't explain the hospitalizations of it all. So, you know, you know the, the government is saying, oh, it's, it's you know, the, all these, these cases are due, be, are because of more testing. Well, the hospitalizations aren't because of more testing. The hospitalizations of more people getting sick and, and the corresponding deaths that happen are directly relevant to the hospitalizations and the extent of the virus, and how serious this is. It is not political to wear a mask. It is your obligation to do whatever it takes as a human being, not just to the United States, but the entire world. This is a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. And it's the fact that this is all being drum up with politics. I don't care if you're all left or all right. It's like, be smart. takes and the we're all inconvenienced we all have quarantine fatigue we all want to go back to our lives but i don't care if it's two years down the line suck it up that if for two years to get the rest of your life back that's a blip on the radar right and the only reason that this is going on is because we don't take the responsibility to do what it takes to get in front of this and isn't it in a
1: short-term investment to get a long-term return. If, if, for instance, if once people are tested and you could be, you could get the disease yourself and be sick yourself, but you're probably contagious two days before you show any symptoms. So before you start curtailing all of your activity and start isolating yourself and you, before the light bulb goes on that maybe something's wrong, you've already infected everybody you've come in contact with for at least two days before those those events happen. Right? And so, so once we're tested and we know we could isolate ourselves. If that's that's two weeks of shutdown. That's two weeks of investing in the future. If we would have done
0: that months ago, we would have been. This would have been long past us. Forty well, percent of the people out there are asymptomatic, or asymptomatic don't even know. Yeah, they are infected right. with the models. Okay, so the and this is where you where you get the super spreaders and all this, whatever the 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 propaganda of of, of labels you know becomes. I mean, this is where people are spreading the virus. And then, um, you know, thank God our kids are, are, are get it so, uh, so uh, minimally. But there's no rhyme or reason why one person gets it worse than somebody else. Right. There's no reason I got it worse than anybody else. I am the epitome of health. Right.
1: You're and not the guy that I would have worried about getting sick to the point of possibly losing his life.
0: You're not that guy. I'm not that guy. Yeah. And I, and, but I am that guy. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, right. That's, the part that's right, so crazy. Right, right. So the concept is that, um, you know, given the 1% survival rate of the 1% that gets it critically, it's kind of, I've taken it upon myself to, come, to kind of just spread the word of wake up and, and, and see what, what I went through and and, yeah. and see those pictures and see what I went through in the hospital. And, and you know, I, again, I shouldn't be here, man. Right, I mean, I'm oh, happy I am. Thank God, yeah. So, uh, what's what's the
1: future for you? What's the future for you in terms? of I know you're going to get married. That's good. Do we have a date yet on that, by the way.
0: Not getting married. I'm actually engaged for life. I think of it as the Goldie <laughs> concept of living. Uh, we are definitely life partners. We are, are again. She has been by my side again through thick and thin, and it's as thin as I want to get um, in this situation, in this lifetime. Uh, but we, uh, we're, we're an amazing pair and, um, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it with anybody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What, what's the future for you in terms of how you're going to spend your career? Are you going to, you're going to stay with your business? Are you going to?
0: Yep. Yep. So I will always stay with my business. I mean, you know, it's once in the bank card business, always in the bank card business. <laughs> we don't know how to do anything else. Um, but at the same time, I, I may do some talks, um, I may, you know, I started a a secondary division of my company called Chip-In.
1: Right. Tell us about Uh, that. I know that that has been birthed from this
0: experience, correct? uh, No, actually. It kind of is going to be blossoming from this experience. Okay. Uh, You know, being a big skier, uh, I actually have been very fortunate that um, one of my largest clients, um, and I'm incredibly passionate about this, is Mammoth Mountain Ski Area. I've been a homeowner up there for shy of 20 years and uh, eight years ago, I was fortunate enough to take on the mountain uh, and quite a few uh, businesses in the community. Uh What we set up was we aligned with the mammoth mountain community foundation um, that helps fund the public school system and the ski teams and a whole variety of different things in the community. And we negotiated an opportunity that a hundred percent of the money that we donated uh, goes to the public school system in Mammoth to be, to make a difference in that community. And um, what it is a percentage of our profits that any, if anybody um, comes to us, we will meet or beat anybody's program. Uh, for merchant processing, convert them to us and donate a percentage of our profits to the chari- to that charity within the community. And we've so far raised north of $270,000 for the public school system up there, just within a four and a half square mile town. Well, wow, that's fabulous. Which is great. And it's give- really giving back to the community and really putting our fingers on the pulse of everything there. And um, two years ago or two and a half years ago, what I did was I didn't want to roll this out premature. Um, I wanted to have a testimonial, a true testimonial that this works. And so we talk about it, as a, it's a case study, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and that case study was so successful, I rolled it out nationwide and put a name on it. Mm-hmm. And the name is Chipin, C H I P I N.org. And uh, what that is, is giving profit a purpose. And so we're going around nationwide to meet or beat anybody's program and donating to the charity of your choice for the life of the account. And this really comes back to, I'm talking to the hospital, I'm talking to all the, you know, the doctors that are affiliated with it and um, to try to really make a difference out there and, and attach to not only, you know, COVID and we'll do cancer and my father passed away from Alzheimer's and I want to dip into the Alzheimer world. You know, there's a lot of things that I want to be a part of and making this particular part of the business really make a difference out there and not just be a taker. Right. And we're all, we're all business owners. We all want to make money, but I want to reinvest some of the money that we make every single month into the community at large and, and really make a difference with the causes.
1: Well, that's fantastic. I love social entrepreneurship. It's one of my one of my passions. one of the things that I love to promote, the way you put it, there's no reason not to do that with you because mm-hmm. you're making sure that your rates are are at the level or better or better than what people are already doing. So uh, from all the business people out there, if you're taking credit
0: cards, if you're not, I, I know it's brand new. you're just how, how long are you out of the hospital? I've been out of the hospital since May eighth. But we haven't stopped. We haven't stopped this. My team um, has been, you know, s- striving through. I still have my finger on the pulse of everything. But, uh, you know, my, um, you know, my, my girls, you know, got the pulse of everything. And she's my, my operations manager is working the day to day and yeah. making sure everything happens just like she always does.
1: Yeah. So what, what happened during the time when you were incapacitated? What happened to big decisions? What happened to the operations? What, tell me what how did the business survive this? I mean, as you, um, well, as you were trying to survive,
0: I imagine your business was in somewhat of a crisis as well. Well, it was a perfect storm. Um, and the perfect storm really pertained to the economy stopped. So there really wasn't a lot of stuff going on with that aspect of things. I mean, uh, anytime that when the calls were fielded and everything else, um, there wasn't any dramatic things. It was still business as usual, but business as usual was at, a, at an incredibly reduced pace. Right. Um, So it really wasn't, you know, with my business, unless you have a a real big problem or, you know, money's not going in your bank account and you need to change the bank account or whatever it could be, everybody really stopped for a while, right? at least for a few months. And so um, I'm very fortunate that when I stopped, (laughs) everybody else did too, just in a different format.
1: Right, so you didn't, you, didn't have, you didn't have a threat to your business? Your clients didn't no. go elsewhere? No, not at all. I mean, you have, a, you have a kind of a fail-safe business in that respect because mm-hmm. once, they're, once they're signed up, it's very passive. You're not constantly-
0: Well, and my team's, my team's amazing. So it's, they, they didn't even, if you didn't even know my name, you wouldn't even know that, it, that we missed a beat. Right. So my team is, is as bulletproof as it gets, which is, now, that's, that's now awesome. is that-
1: Now, is that just the nature of your industry or is that the way you, you built the business? It's the way I built my business. My team is
0: fantastic. So
1: how how does someone else do that? How does someone else take a small business and make it so, if you know, God forbid there's a crisis, they're not. It's not mission critical that they're there, and the business could go on while the crisis is going it's on.
0: About operations. I mean, it's it's really being diligent to run, um, you know, the, the the systems in the, the systems being in place, the workflow being in place. Right. Uh, I've always said, if I'm not here, and somebody else steps into the picture, it's you know. Other than critical, you know, critical decisions, Mm -hmm. um, you know, business, it's business as usual. And so, uh, you know, we have our internal systems, every, every merchant that calls in um, and, and when they work on a merchant, uh, it's, it's uh, notes are taken, things are updated and it's at everybody's fingertips. And whether it's the person to the left or the person to the right on the phone, everybody has the same tool set.
1: So I'm guessing that also because you're, you built a business that you could be absent from and go skiing 100 days a year that you've empowered your teams also to solve problems anyway, correct? So they don't, they're not micromanaged. You're not a micromanager, right?
0: Well. <laughs> oh, it, are you? <laughs> I guess it, yes and uh, no. You know, I, I have the ability to step away and, it, and my team is, is as good as it gets to run the show. Right. I take it to a whole other level. My name is, is, and my word is all that there is out there. And my, my credibility is um, I've been doing this for now 31 years. Right. I've never had a bad thing said about me in the industry. And I pride myself on that.
1: And where did you get that from? Is that from, did you have a mentor? How did you get to this place in your, in your style and management that you could get to that place? Um, That's typically not something that's born out of nature. Sometimes that's something that's typically it's taught and embraced more
0: than Anything? I just, uh, you know, I, I'm always of the mindset that I want what I preach. Um, it's how I want people to do business with me mm-hmm. when I'm buying something from somebody and how I want to be treated. I don't ask for anything I don't give. So I've always lived by that rule of thumb. And when you do it right, you know, I, I, a lot of people always say, don't do business with friends because it becomes tricky. I say, have to do business with your friends because those are the closest one to you and those are the ones you're taking care of yeah i actually i actually have
1: a totally different theory about that i i've learned that i had so many friends i did business with so many people that i did business with became friends so many friends that ended up doing business with me that i learned a process which was that i don't treat my customers like friends i treat my friends like customers and what i mean by that is i earn their business I, i'm responsive to them i'm price conscious for them. I'm about giving them the best value about giving them about the best service and I'm about returning calls. And I don't, I'm not cavalier at all. I don't believe anybody owes me anything other than maybe a hello and a thank you. If I do a good job, I, it's my job as the service provider for my friends to do a great job and to earn their business. And that's how i I, that was my formula for keeping my friends, my friends after they become my customers. And, and I would often coach people that are doing business with me, that are my friends, to please treat me like customers. And sometimes they got it, sometimes they didn't. And the ones that didn't, those relationships often strained because they treated me with cav- cavalierly or they, treat- they treated me in a way that they expected me to be forgiving to them for slow service or slow responsiveness, or just not treating me like I was gonna be there regardless of anything.
0: I actually found out how successful I was at, at that mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, And where that really came to fruition was when the chips were down, you always say that when the chips are down, you know who your friends are. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea to the extent of, of people, you know, I I believe in that in the human race more than ever before, Mm -hmm. because even though, you know, I, I, I would expect my, my inner circle to really care. Sure. I would even anticipate my outer rings a little bit more but i was so impressed with humanity and the people that never knew me that knew me with through a friend of a friend and actually prayed for me and yeah and the the, the letters i've gotten and the and the emails and the text messages i mean it went it went viral and i mean in the thousands tens of thousands of people yeah. and it was it was so heartfelt and that became a testimonial to how successful I was in life, not just in business. Right. Um, and I had to learn to understand that. Um, I was, that was my biggest learning experience from this whole thing. Yeah, you're George Bailey
1: personified, right? You're the <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life guy. If you know this podcast, it's all based on the, the It's a Wonderful Life theory where you have this guy who's, those of us in small business, we're trapped by our businesses at times. You know, we're going to be the last ones to leave forever. And uh, you never know how you're trapped, but it's the community that you build that defines you. And I, you're telling your story, and that's all I'm thinking about is, uh, you know, you're the richest man I know because of uh, it's, the community it's you've created. It's an
0: empowering, impressive thing, and, and I don't take it lightly. I have so much love and respect for everybody that spent five seconds thinking about me and my well-being. All the more reason that I want to pay it back tenfold with my experience. um, You know, people that have been through. This is actually a sad, a a sad statistic. That one hundred percent of the people that reached out to us through social media, that said my. I have some, my family members in the hospital or, or the going through this. Unfortunately, the critical ones, again, 99 out of 100, they all passed away. Wow. And it was horrible. In fact, did you know, um, you knew the guy that uh, Nick Cordero, who was yeah. the yeah. Broadway actor? Yeah. One of the ways we actually gave back to them and them is Amanda Klutz, which is his wife. Right. And their son, Elvis, who's only who was a year old. She reached out to us. And it was kind of funny that AJ reached out to her at the same time she reached out to me. Right. And we con- we got in contact with her and her, her husband, Nick, was in Cedars. And um, she didn't understand. She only understood that he was on the ventilator. She didn't understand the questions to answer. And Stephanie and my, and my sister every day would – uh, would understand the, uh, the communication with the doctors of my peep settings and my vent settings and right. all these different statistics <clears throat> and small victories that were met on a day-to-day basis. And yes, they, we had a tremendous amount of setbacks, um, but the questions to ask and, and the education that we gave to her to ask those questions so that she could have these small victories. And unfortunately he paid the ultimate price right. and he didn't make it um so it was a really challenging thing but at the same time we do everything we can and it's a team over here it's myself that's that was the you know the the, the race car driver but my pit crew right uh, yeah you know, well put pit yeah. Crew, i can't i can't do this without them yeah and it's my sister and my and, and my fiance first and foremost most and again the fans are my village of everybody that's in that whole thing. And it's, I, mean, I want to paint that picture that yeah. every, it's, it's so important that everybody has, has their play in this. Well, if anybody can,
1: can make a difference based on this experience and the gifts that you're given in life and the combination of it it's you, Greg. And again, I'll say, I'm really proud of you because a lot of people could have you know, given up and a lot of people could have changed their attitude and, You just seem to have come through it like the star you are just shining through. And I'm really proud to know you. And I'm more, more proud of how you're doing it. And I can't wait to see what happens next, including your titanium Batman style, you know, prosthetic hands.
0: I will send you i I'll send you the link of, of the prosthetic.
1: uh, When the time comes, let's, you know, let's arm wrestle, uh, you know, me with my amazing strength and you with your titanium bionic you know, <laughs> six million dollar hands
0: like I, said, I lost 50 pounds but i gained i gained i gained all the muscle back yeah and it, we're still here wow <laughs> look at those guns <laughs> look at those guns it's still back in action yeah we're still, we're still all based on this thing looking good dude looking good hanging tough, man I, I you know it's it's really my health is everything and yeah. uh, and the support around around you is is there is no better Better love than fam- the family and friends. So will you come back on the
1: podcast? Uh, you know, a little bit later, tell Absolutely. us how you're doing. Would you mind doing that? That's Absolutely. great. I'd, I'd be really, really excited to hear to have you back.
0: I would be. I'd love to. Um, I will when when I go ahead and, and actually get the prosthetic attached. So I have a couple more surgeries left. Yeah. And that's going to be probably in January, February. I'll I'll embark on those surgeries, uh, just because of the fact I want to enjoy a little skiing and sure if I thrive as much as I, I am anticipating to, I want to have a little fun for just a couple months and deserve it. And then just uh, get back to business and, you know, get, get the reconstructive things fixed. And I just want to put all the surgeries behind me and, and then let's celebrate.
1: Sure. Of course. Great. Well, thank you again for being on small Bizcast. Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. And it was a pleasure. I, I'm, I'm honored to call you a friend, man. <laughs> Take care.
1: Greg, I want to thank you again for being on the show. I want everybody to know they can get a hold of Greg. Go to his website, greggarfield.com. And Greg Garfield has three G's in the middle. It's G-R-E-G-G-G-R-field.com. Jason Cement is a entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He's an expert in a lot of fields, can talk about business on a lot of different levels. He's a CPA, he's a lawyer, and he's a business person. He runs a business called Get Visible, and he's our next guest. Here's a sneak peek.
0: But most entrepreneurs are motivated to make money. They wanna buy, I know people who sold their businesses for seven, eight figures. And the first thing they did was they bought the car. They bought the big mansion. They bought the second big mansion. They bought these things. And I'm not degrading or diminishing what they did because you know what, you work so that you can do things. But those calculations are not in my arena. Those things are not, it's not that they're not important to me. I would never allow them to be important to me because I think they go against where I am in my own religious consciousness. The fact of the matter is I'm not really motivated from making money so I could spend it. I wanna make money because I gotta pay the bills and give to charity and Mm -hmm. do the things that are necessary, but the extra things are not my motivation.
1: Small BizCast drops every other Tuesday. Follow us on our socials for business tidbits and special offers. Thanks again for our sponsors, the Miller-Haga Law Group and Mercury Document Imaging. And remember to support Fit for the Cause. And of course, thanks to my producer, Chaz Volk of Mr. Thrive Media. Couldn't do without you. Thank you so much for listening. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life.